0: Welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick chanov and we are heading to the Mediterranean this week, or better yet, bringing the Mediterranean to Ina's backyard, and we got Miguel in this episode too. Ugh, oh, how fabulous is this episode already? I mean, I love Miguel. I've said it before on past episodes that he's really my number one guy. I never thought I'd say it. TR, he's very handsome, but Miguel has my heart. It's like that game, like, um, I'm trying to think of a, like a more PG way to say this, but marry, F, kill. I'll just say that. I would marry Miguel, I would F, TR, and I would kill... Oh, who's the woman that lives... Not not Barbara. Maybe it is Barbara. Um, oh, Barbara. It's not Barbara Libeth. It's Barbara... Oh, my gosh. It's who they go to, like, the... That, like, winter retreat with. Why can't I think of their last name? I have to look it up. Okay, hold on. Barbara Lieberman. Oh, my gosh. I wish you all could have seen the journey I took to uh, figure that out. <laughs> I thought if I just searched, like, Barefoot Contessa... Ina Garten, friend Barbara, it uh, but it came up with Barbara Libeth, who who was not the one that I would kill in this scenario. So we're back on track, Barbara and Bobby, because Bobby looks like Joe Biden. That's all I I always remember him. But anyway, oh my gosh, that that was a journey. That, that I took at least five minutes. It, it it doesn't seem like it through the magic of podcast editing, but uh, oh, I need a cocktail after that or a Mediterranean feast at the very least. So let's get into this episode. This I love. That I went back to Barefoot Contessa OG, not Back to Basics. I feel like I've been doing a lot of like newer seasons of Back to Basics. So I'm taking it back all the way to the OG sort of original seasons. And I love this change of pace because I, every, first of all, everyone is so young and Ina is just zipping around her house and. I feel like that was kind of the trend, even when I did this, we did an episode with Robbie Rozelle, shout out to Robbie if you're listening, way back in the day, and he did, he wanted to do one of the earlier episodes, and she's just, it's, it's like Barefoot Contessa on steroids, it's truly wild, so let's get into this episode, or excuse, season three, episode six, The Mediterranean Feast, so Ina begins, she's in the garden, by the way, I think that's important to say, she's picking flowers or something. So she says, Years ago, my husband and I were having a camping trip in the south of France, and I remember seeing this lovely French family having a wonderful meal at a big, long table overlooking the Mediterranean. And so today, I'm going to try to recreate that. Well, maybe without the Mediterranean. Hmm. And that's it. That is all of the intro we get, because as we know, with these earlier episodes, she doesn't say what she's cooking. You just kind of find out as you go. I feel like... I feel like it, um... It wasn't like a trend back then. Now it's like people need to know what they're getting into, and I quite like that to be honest. I mean, it's kind of like the new school, I guess, of cooking shows on TV. But, um, but I like a little surprise of not knowing, especially in this episode. So, Ina begins. Uh, she's making grilled lamb, so she starts to prep all this. She takes the lamb out of the fridge and tells us that her friend Miguel is outside doing this incredible table. I'm sure it's going to be gorgeous. Um the table might be gorgeous but so is Miguel. He looks so young. He has such great hair. I think he he still has like all of his hair now too, but it's, you know, he's a silver fox. But back then Miguel was just uh what a dream. He, they show him like standing on top of a table like under some type of like what is that called? Like a a pergola in the backyard. And it's very intimate back there and he has well we'll get to the lights eventually cuz it's I don't know if she goes yeah, she doesn't go out there yet. So we're back in the kitchen. The lamb has been butterflied. Butterflied. Is that the word? Why does that sound so weird? Yeah, because you butterfly like a like a chicken or something, right? Basically, the leg of lamb is is they take the bone out of the leg of lamb and then sort of like cut it and fan it out and sort of, you know, to get that even thickness on the grill. So I think butterfly is the word. I don't know why it just it looks weird in my notes. And it feels weird saying it out loud, but I think it's just me. So Ina starts out with a marinade, which starts out with organic plain yogurt. And then she uses a microplane to zest some lemon. And she is so excited to tell us about zesting this lemon. It's like if it's like she's showing us for the very first time and maybe she is. Who knows? But she talks about the microplane. She says, I got this at the hardware store. And it just, you know, it adds so much flavor. And, you know, just watch how I do it. And you don't want to get any of the pith in. And she said or she's like, the white part is called the pith. She's like, how's that for a weird word? She's just loving it. So she also adds some olive oil into that as well and gives it a big whisk. And she also adds some salt, pepper, and some fresh rosemary. But she doesn't chop up the rosemary because it will release too much of those oils and flavor she just wants a hint of it not you know not too much rosemary because it can be overpowering so she gives that all a big mix and then she just like throws this leg of lamb in there and, and she says these are her words she schmutzes it around and as she does that she goes ugh. and but i don't know why it's like again this early persona of aina is just so interesting because she has like curls in her hair and um, I think she looks beautiful in like every era, but like this is very much so, I feel like coming out of that first, because the first season they tried to make her Nigella, you know, or Nigella was like the, the sort of iteration of Ina Garden that they they wanted, but they never got to. They I think they quickly found that it just wasn't her brand and it's, it's so interesting how Ina has evolved, but I feel like she's coming out of that. But she still has hints of it. Like she still has some makeup on. She still has her hair curled a little bit. Um, but she talks about... It's just interesting because I feel like she wouldn't... It was almost as if she was faking being grossed out by it. If that, If you know what I mean. But I'm sure she really didn't care. Um, but anyway, she wraps up the leg of lamb into the fridge. Or, and into the fridge it goes. So we get some more footage of Miguel in the garden... And Ina walks out and she is, she's like gobsmacked. She's like, I knew you had great style, but who knew you were, wait, start that over. I knew you had great style, but who knew you were an electrician? And it, it, like, it's the most Ina Garten cadence ever, like in that sentence, like you were an electrician. And she laughs. They both laugh so hard. It is like, there's so much laughing in this episode. It was almost too much. And I like, the uncomfortable laughing of the Barefoot Contessa universe. But this was, this was a lot. And Ina, so Ina takes a a look at what Miguel is up to. And she's like, I love the dappled lights. And I was like, dappled lights? What the heck does that mean? So I looked it up and dappled means marked with spots or rounded patches. And to be honest, they kind of look like, like square chinese lanterns but like they they were all different colors so they were all going to give off, you know, different, you know, hues dappled light. I didn't know what that word meant until this episode, so we're learning things today, folks. So, Ina bids Miguel adieu and then heads back into the kitchen to make some tabbouleh, which this is I had opinions about this because first of all, she has this huge bowl of bulgur wheat, which is entirely too much. But I will say this before I sort of, I'm not going to rip into her because I truly believe that every, I'm very familiar with tabbouleh because is Lebanese and, you know, tabbouleh is like a staple. And I f- also feel like everyone has their own version of this recipe. And there's, you know, I feel like there's like a Lebanese version and then there's like an Egyptian version or an Iraqi version. Like, I feel like, all of those Middle Eastern countries, like it's all crossover sort of stuff. It's almost like every culture has a form of a dumpling, you know what I mean? Or every Italian family has it, like a lasagna recipe. Like it's always going to be a little bit different. So with that being said, I'm just going to say that. But I just like, I I almost want to, I should have sent a screenshot of this to Keon to to show him how much bulgur wheat um, she used because it's just, it's too much. I feel like in... The recipe that we've always done, it's like 90%, maybe like 80%, 80, 85% parsley, and then 5% to 10% like green onion. And then just like, honestly, like a handful of bulgur wheat that you just put in the tiny bowl and you just sort of bloom it with like some warm water. But I think it ends up like yielding like a quarter cup, maybe, maybe a third of a cup. But she has like a whole bowl of it, Um, which is fine. Again, it's fine. So the she does put some of those and it also has um, tabbouleh, at least the recipe that we make is parsley, green onions, tomatoes, lemon juice, olive oil, salt and pepper. i not just salt, I think. And then a the little bit of the bulgur wheat. But Ina's recipes, it's like a variation on a theme. Her veggies, I think she includes she has cucumbers, cherry tomatoes and parsley. So it's like she's she's doing it. Um, She also puts mint in, which I actually kind of like. I don't think I've ever had tabbouleh with uh, mint, Um, but that sounds like a nice touch. Although maybe if I told Key on that, he would pass out. I don't know. But Ina says... Um, it made me laugh. She says, mint is one of those things that you want to buy because if you grow it in your garden, before you know it, you'll have nothing but mint in your garden or nothing but mint is maybe the emphasis there. And it's so true. We never planted mint in our backyard, but it is everywhere. And I always like run it over with the, uh, I almost said the washing machine. Where the hell is my brain? The lawnmower. Um, (laughs) just picturing a washing machine in the backyard. Um... It's just, it's nice. It smells nice. And to be honest, like I do love a mint cucumber water in the summer. That is, that's what do the kids say. That hits different in the summer. If kids are still saying that, I don't know. Um, But it's very true. So I, that made me chuckle. So she gives the tabbouleh a big mix and she gives it a bite. And Ina decides that it needs a little bit more lemon, which honestly... Every time that we made tabbouleh in my house, we always end up adding a little bit more lemon than we think. So I thought this is very authentic. Um, and speaking of things that I'm gonna rail Ina about is um, her pronunciation of hummus, hummus, which uh, I spelled h o o m i s s in my in my notes, which is of course not how it's not how it's spelled, but um, that's how I'm spelling it so her hummus is uh starts out actually this is a pretty hot tip here she chops up the instead of chopping the garlic up by hand she puts the food press processor on and just drops like all like i think it's four cloves of garlic into the um the feed tube which is actually a pretty like cool little trick i was i was impressed by that i was like oh that makes so much sense because it's all going to the same place i guess uh, and then after that, she adds two cups of chickpeas, of course, uh, which is like about one can. She said, which I don't think so. I feel like two cups, maybe. I don't know. It feels like it's one and a half cans to me, but maybe it was a bigger can of chickpeas. Um, and then it's time to add the tahini, which is sesame paste. I hate dealing with tahini. It is there's always like so much oil on top, and it's like it's like those organic peanut butters, which I also hate. Like I I just can't with them anymore. I, it might be healthier. Give me a jar, Jif. You know, I just want the plain old Jif peanut butter, smooth and creamy. I'll take a chunky peanut butter, too. I love a chunky peanut butter, but I can't even remember the last time I bought a peanut butter that has that oil on top. It's just a mess. But I feel like tahini is the worst version of that because especially, excuse me, especially once it gets to the bottom of the like the barrel there. It's it's super hard because you're just normally left with a lot of like the sesame Paste and not enough oil—it's a whole thing. Anyway, so she puts the tahini in, then she adds the juice of two lemons, salt, and then eight dashes of tobacco. <laughs> the autocorrect uh, corrected it to eight dashes of tobacco, which I really love. Uh, can you imagine? Eight dashes of Tabasco, which I think she still does because I feel like I uh, did another episode where she made hummus, and um, she adds the Tabasco in it, which. I would be interested to taste because I think it would kick it up a notch. But you it's like you wouldn't know it was there, but you kind of would know it was there. Um, I'm into it. I don't think Keon would allow it, but maybe I'll sneak it in the next time I make hummus and see if he notices. Hmm. So now it's time uh, for Oh, I lost my place in my notes here. So Ina says she wants some texture in her hummus. And this is actually where I have to draw the line here, because. I think any hummus worth its salt is going to be like smooth, like velvety smooth, like the smoother, the better. Um, I know recently Keon has been adding, there's some like recipes out there where um, you can add like ice cubes to it, which is kind of strange, but kind of works. Um, But Keon has been adding olive oil to his hummus just like a little bit. And it just, it's just like velvet. I love a smooth velvet. One time Keon's mom was here and she made hummus... And she was she was boasting. And honestly, she she should have been because it was she like we both like looked at it at the same time. and We were like, wow, it was so beautiful. She's like, sometimes I even impress myself. Uh, it, it was so good. So, yeah, I I think I, I know she doesn't like like Ina always says, like, I don't want it to be baby food. I just I want some texture, but not with a hummus. So that's probably my only thing I would push back on. Um, I ask. I also have to say too, the music in these transitions in the early episodes are wild. It sounds like I don't even know. It sounds like a gay nightclub in the nineteen nineties. It's very like synthy, like sort of like electronic and sort of bouncy and like dancey. I don't know. It was very interesting. Um, so Ina is back outside with Miguel, who is setting plates down, and Ina is sort of helping him unpack all of his, you know, his goods. And Michael brought these North African glasses for wine, which I'm like, oh, my God. But also, yes, Um, Ina hands him some lemonade glasses and then Ina slips away and she's off to the grill. So Ina. Oh, this was so good. Ina's charcoal chimney. We all know the charcoal chimney that she has and most of us probably own one as well. But it is it is well used in this episode, which is so funny because I feel like now anytime there's like a grilling episode like the production team for the Barefoot Contessa buys her like a new charcoal chimney because it's like immaculate. This one is rusty. I feel like if I flicked it with a finger, it would just like cave in. It is, it's seen some things. And maybe Jeffrey set it on fire once. Hmm. Hope we didn't have to call the fire department. Hmm. (laughs) But I, I was just surprised. But you know, early days of the Barefoot Contessa, I'm not judging. So she shows us how to light the charcoal chimney, you know, easy stuff, and steps away from that and goes back into the kitchen to make some roasted fruit. So she starts by chopping up some peaches and plums and puts them in a casserole dish cut side up so they can get nice and crispy. Um, Or, you know, not crispy, but I guess crispy is the word. So she adds a half a cup of sugar on top, which I felt like was a lot. But Ina says to use your best judgment. I feel like in the end she didn't end up using all of that sugar because that it seemed like too much. And I love sugar. Let's not, you know, um, what's the phrase I'm looking for here? Let's be honest, maybe? I don't know. Uh, so, Ina sprinkles some raspberries on top of the fruit, the peaches and the plums. And then she puts it in the oven uh, at 450, which I feel is very high, for about 20 to 25 minutes. And now it's time to bring out that lamb. So, Ina hoists the lamb onto a white platter. And then gives it a good wipe. It was so weird because there's so much yogurt on it still. It just seemed like very gloopy. Um, and she takes it outside to the grill. She brushes a little bit of olive oil on the uh, the grill. The grate, what am I trying to say? Um, and then she puts the the meat on, on the grill and leaves it there for about 20 minutes to, to cook. And she goes back in, uh, inside to make some lemonade. And Ina, you know, she's cutting up lemonades or juicing or she's cutting up lemons. And she's like, don't you just love fresh lemonade? And not that stuff your mom used to bring back from the grocery store. Hmm. But honestly, I, I i mean, I do love fresh lemonade, but I can't even remember the last time I've had it or made it, to be honest. I'm not a lemonade guy. And I know there's a lot of great lemonade, lemonade, <laughs> lemonides. Um, there's like pink lemonade and strawberry lemonade and all these other variations on that. But I don't know. In Ina's next sentence, too. She's like, and for those of you who like something a little special, you can add some vodka. And that's maybe the kind of lemonade that I would be wanting. So I don't know what that says about me, but there we are. Um, So Ina races off to her pantry. She's just zipping around her house today and uh for some sugar um some super fine sugar and she tells us that when she she just like stops in her pantry she's like i know some people may think this is crazy but when i go grocery shopping she buy i buy two of everything and i thought that was so interesting she's like two pastas two oatmeals two coffees so she just doesn't have to like go back as frequently and to be honest kind of cool i would never really think of that because i hate grocery shopping especially for like pantry items I guess as long as they don't expire um there's that so she has the sugar she adds it to the lemon juice in a blender and then she adds a cup of ice as well as 4 cups of water and I was like what kind of lemonade is this like she doesn't advertise it as at least to my recollection any sort of like cuz it looks frothy is what i'm saying i don't know um it it feels like more of a frozen lemonade situation but it's not Quite like a Slurpee or anything like that. So anyway, she gives it a taste, (laughs) and she says, "She's like, I'm definitely putting vodka in mine." And it just made me laugh so hard because she's such a she's such a booze hound. That Ina Garten back in the day, she loves to party. I think she still likes to party too. So, so now it's time for the fruit to come out of the oven. It looks very beautiful. But before she takes it completely out of the oven, she puts the oven on broil for a few minutes just to crisp it up. Uh, She cuts an orange in half when she takes the fruit out and squeezes it on top of the fresh fruits. And Ina tastes the juice. She tastes, I don't know why I can't say that, the juice. And I feel like she's just being so careful here because I feel like that juice is like magma. It felt like she, I know like through the magic of Food Network shows, they probably let it cool down and just like cut it. Um, but I feel like she literally just took a spoon to it and she blew on it for like 30 seconds. I was nervous for her, but, uh, you know, she said it was delicious. So now, Ina goes out to the grill, and I, honestly, I just had to record this because it made me laugh so hard. She, okay, so basically to set this up, she's just checking on the lamb, and she gives it a flip. And the flames sort of dance up a little bit as she flips it, and this is this is the dialogue here. Let me, let me just play this. <laughs> let's see how this is doing. Perfectly grilled on one side. I have to listen to it again. One more time. I'll let's see how this is doing. Ah! <laughs> Perfectly grilled on one side. Oh my god. I laugh so hard. I don't think I've ever made I've ever heard her make that noise in my entire life. And I've seen a lot of Ina Garden. She sounds like a seagull, like being strangled or being caught on fire. <laughs> um it was just so funny. But, you know, she recovers. And uh, she says basically to check the internal temperature of the lamb and make sure it's 120 degrees. And if it is that, then it's time to take it off because she likes to take it off a little bit before it might be ready just because it cooks a little bit because, you know, she does the foil to get all the juices back in. So, you know, it's a very uh, delicate process. So now it's toppings time because everything... Everyone is going to make their own sandwich, their sort of like lamb pita situation, which I, I love. And Ina was like, but little does everyone know that I don't have to make it for them. Hmm. Which uh, you know, also great. So go, Ina. So she chops up, or not chops up, I feel like it's basically she has some greens, um, she has some Greek feta, she has some olives, some tomatoes. And, you know, she pulls the the, the hummus out and she puts uh, some olive oil on top and adds some toasted pine nuts, which I love. Um, and the camera work here is crazy. It honestly made me, like, seasick, especially in this part of the episode. I don't know what was happening, but it was like... It was over to the pita bread, then over to the hummus, then over to, you know, the whatever it was. It was all over the place. Uh, it's truly wild. So, and Ina announces that she's going to get ready for the party... As the guests arrive, and we see a younger, dashing version of Steven. His hair is so dark and so thick. He looks so handsome. He's still handsome now. But, you know, it's just so interesting to go back to these episodes. Uh, Ina is wearing like a lavender, practically see through blouse. I'm just gonna say it. Like it has a little bit of like sheen on it, like some sparkle a little bit. But I saw her bra. I'm I'm you know I didn't pause to look at it but I I I wasn't uncomfortable either too because live your life Ina I love it but I don't think we'd ever see Ina wearing that blouse nowadays maybe she does <laughs> I don't know I've never been to uh, an Ina garden party um and it it does feel very appropriate because it's like Ina garden after dark because they're all it is it's like dark outside um so she's slicing up the lamb and she's like it's just perfect I'm so pleased and I was just uh you know I was happy for her I feel like she You know, listening to that Stanley Tucci episode, I know she has so much, like, anxiety over things like turning out right. Anyone would, but I feel like there's always that pressure with Ina, so I'm glad that she's happy. So she puts the lamb on a platter, and it's garnished with some lemon wedges and some rosemary, and now everyone is outside, and it's nighttime, and it's gorgeous, and the dappled lights are there. Was, Was it dappled? That was the word, right? We're gonna go with that. I'm too lazy to scroll up in my notes. Um... And you know there's chatter, and over like the crowd, you hear Ina say, "Just a little bit of lemonade and a lot of vodka, and people laugh and Ina's like she's like shimmying back and forth as she eats. I'm just like, "Who are you?" and there's some wine, there's candles. It just seems like a really great time. This honestly feels like. We have like an outdoor setup in our backyard and, you know, we're not roasting any lamb anytime soon or grilling lamb. But this is what we do as well, too. We have, you know, we have a chandelier with candles on it. We have this like little gazebo situation. You know, we have some wine. We have mostly Mediterranean food, too, because that's that's how we roll. So this is just another Saturday night for us, really. But um, Ina brings out the fruit. Everyone cheers and Ina wraps up the episode with a Julia Child quote. And she said, Julia Child used to say, what should I do if I don't want to use butter? And then Ina says, and this is like in her best Julia Child voice or impression. She's like, well, if you don't like butter, just use cream. And everyone laughs. And her her hair, by the way, Ina's hair is just like frizzed to high heavens. She looks like she looks like Barbara Hershey and Hannah and her sisters. It's just like, it looks good. It looks like she's got a perm. I just feel like it was like a hot summer night. But I just love her in this episode. I just think, you know, it harkens back to her younger years. I wonder how old she was in these episodes because she just she just has so much zest and life and joy, really. So they all cheers. And the last thing you hear is everyone and I I literally, I mean this in every sense of the word, roaring with laughter as the credits roll. But there's no setup. It's just like everyone cheers, there's a pause as they pan out, and then someone said something really funny. I don't know what it was. Maybe Ina did another Julia Child uh, impression. But uh, I had so much fun with this episode. It makes me want to go back and do like a lot of the earlier ones now. So this was was a nice change of pace. Um, And it's good for me to go back and revisit these, so... I hope everyone had a good time. Thank you again for listening. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can follow it on Instagram at goodvanillapod. And you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. And, of course, go ahead and sign up for The Good Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Patreon, where you'll get a bonus episode every week, a splash of The Good Vanilla. And this week, finally, at long last... We are doing Drumroll Please, an episode of Sandra Lee. It's semi-homemade with Sandra Lee. And the guest, I'm just gonna say it right now, it's Colin Drucker from my who is my co-host for the Best Supporting Podcast. I'm so excited to record that. We're gonna have a blast. So head out head on over to the Patreon, everyone, the good Patreon that is, and uh and sign up. You get eight episodes of the good vanilla a month. Who wouldn't want that? Also, I made a group for The Vanilla, the Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to find. Just search The Good Vanilla. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. Or just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic. That also works, too. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Instagram at Nick kochanov, And you can find me on my other podcast, the aforementioned Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time uh